Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guess. Well, welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. This is episode 176. I'm Bill Bennett. And I'm Nathan Mercer. Thanks for inviting me back, Paul. Yes, yeah, you almost burnt your bridges last time with uh, getting a bit over-exuberant uh, about Microsoft, but bearing in mind that you work for Microsoft, Nathan, uh, you drink the Kool-Aid from a, uh, a fire hydrant, you're pretty well indoctrinated in the story. I'm sure we're going to have some interesting discussion about uh, last week's we announcements And drinking tonight. the Kool-Aid not in a suicidal way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't drink from a fire hydrant for too long before something, uh, something bad happens, I, w- I would imagine. This is beer. Well, I can imagine there might be some sort of flow on, shall we say. (laughs) Right, where where were we? We, uh, We're talking about a few things this week. Um, As always, lots that's happened uh, last week's episode I was uh, I was in Australia so we've, we uh, we had an episode of our uh, NZ business podcast uh, tech oriented one there for the audience so um, I hope everyone that caught it enjoyed that um, but this week we've got uh, some new gadgets coming through from uh, Samsung now Bill you've had a good look at the uh, the Galaxy S5 yep this is, is really the flagship device for uh, for Samsung, and it's launching alongside it is the Galaxy Gear uh, 2, which is the their you know, next generation uh, watch after their sort of first first go around last year. Uh, the Galaxy Gear Neo and the Galaxy Gear Fit, which is their uh, their fitness band. Uh, well, what are your sort of feelings on the, the S5 after after playing with it and and with the various sort of smartwatch sort of fitness band ideas? Well, the S5 first. Um, Samsung's actually got the phone that they should have had when they had the S4, in my opinion. They've got they've got things right. It's not too flashy, not too gimmicky. Mind you, there's a lot of stuff in the um, in the box. I mean, there's a lot of sensors and it, it does a lot. It's it's not as overwhelming as the S4 was. There was something sort of overwhelming about all the software that came with the S4. That I mean, I had the I had the phone for about I think it was about eight days last time. I don't think I looked at half the apps that were packaged with it. Um, this time round, I didn't get the feeling there was too much to look at, too much to investigate. There are still a lot of apps here, and there's, you have to go in and download them if you want to. But yeah, there's a huge. are not talking. You know, I guess they're not telling so much uh, making so much noise around the app. we were back to the fire hydrant almost it was just like so much of it coming uh, coming in um the phone is physically nicer it's still a plastic case but it's a nicer plastic case it feels nicer um i think it's i think this is um as good as androids are going to get at the moment and it's a it's a very nice phone and now i've been wearing the um the galaxy gear Neo today, having a little play with that. Now you've got the Galaxy Gear Two, which is is their uh, steel smartwatch. Yeah. The Neo, which is one step uh, down in terms of it. This is um, this particular one is sort of a, a black um, plastic, so it looks a bit stylier than some of the ones I played with last time around. I had an oh. orange one at one stage, yeah. which was sort of stood out. Uh, a little bit too much for me. I'm not not sure about you, Bill. No, but an first, orange watch didn't, well, uh, didn't fit in so well. I am. Um, I, I I wore the watch for a while, but I didn't I didn't leave it on for more than uh, long enough to test it. Really, I, I found it was it was good. It was useful. It's. I mean, I can see why people. I mean, I can see there's a market for it. I can see it's something that a lot of people are going to like, but it's not me. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I wear a watch. I wear yeah. a watch anyway. Me too. Um, what the one thing that that I found useful, uh, well, the most useful with the watch is just that it, because it's attached to your skin, giving you those sort of reminders that sometimes with a phone in your pocket. Uh, you might miss, but you obviously got to be careful. You don't have too many alerts and so on popping up on, on whatever you're wearing there. Um, What's the battery life, Paul? Um, the battery life, I think, is a well. It depends on usage, and you know, to be fair, I haven't been using this one long enough to say. Um, but what I've been hearing is, you know, a couple of couple of days. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I got a couple of days. Out yeah. Of it, so. Now the so quite a bit worse than the Pebble. Yeah. Yeah, it is quite a different product. I mean, you've got a full full uh, color um, screen as appears to the well, Pebble, which has uh, got got a e ink yeah. display. Yeah, but hang, so hang a on, the, the phone, the S five, can go for ten days on a single charge if you use the um, the low charge mode. Which well, is I think just about any just about any phone that has a low battery mode can can yeah. run for a long time if you particularly if you i mean if you take the sim card out and i've often got phones um you know that i'm maybe not mm. using actively when i'm sort of reviewing devices and i think i've had a you know i've had for instance an iphone run for um i think over a week when i haven't you know got all the yeah, wireless yeah. functions but and the, so on um, the, the s5's got a got this mode where you can just wind down all the power and it's 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 actually really good um, and it's you get ten days out of it. That's terrific. Yeah, but, I mean, I think those low power <laughs> modes are, are useful, but of course, it stops all of the things that you would normally have yeah, on and yeah. want. It's and not want a to smartphone at that point. Um, so, but I mean, it's nice having some sort of emergency mode or yeah. low, low low power mode. I guess Windows phones had that for you know for for a long time. Battery um, saving, yeah. and you know that's quite nice that it you know it kicks in when you get to a certain level. And, and just, you know, extends it out. And My I, point I is quite, you can get 10 days from a phone and two days from a watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you, I mean, you've, you've had phones around for many, many yeah. years that can do 10 days, no, right? No. And phones always used to before we had smartphones. Um, yeah, there was a window of time when phones could run for a really long time. But when it's, you know, yeah. connected to the internet 24-7, pulling down emails and tweets sure. and, you know, Facebook posts and things like that, then obviously there's a, there's a difference there. Um, now, in terms of the price point, the Galaxy Gear um, Fit, which is a little, I guess, a sort of is designed to be a bit of a step up from um, the, you know, some of the other sort of, um, you know, fitness bands and so on. Um, yeah, uh, $299 is, is the price for that with its nice color touchscreen and so on. Uh, $349 is the price for the Galaxy Gear Neo. Um, that's sort of similar to the Gear 2, but sans, you know, without the camera. Um, and and the the sort of steel, um, yeah, and three nine nine for the Galaxy Gear two. And there's a couple of bundling deals around at the moment where you can get the watch and the phone for the the price of a phone. Um, I noticed Two Degrees have got one, um, um, and they they've just bundled the watch in with the phone for the same price. Do you know which which gear they're giving away? Can you I know think it's the full actually. I think it's okay. The, yeah. Yeah. But it's um, you have to you have to order your Samsung phone from them before it actually hits the market, which I think is Friday. So, right, okay, okay, yep, yeah. So, and I'm sure over time uh, there there'll be more of those sort of you know bun- bundle things that uh, that that become available. 
Now, one other uh, phone that we've uh, we've been looking at here, which is Android-based. Now, this is a completely at the other end of the scale, and we'll certainly will come back and chat more about the S5 um, after spending some more some more hands-on time with it, uh, because I only had a few days with it previously, and uh, um, you know, the next the next week or so, we'll get some real time. But um, Bill, we we uh, were looking earlier at this. Sony Xperia, and uh, yeah, last year with the Sony Xperia Z, they launched the uh, yeah the waterproof smartphone, also Android based, like the uh, Samsung. Uh, now they've come in with sort of an entry level phone, the Xperia E, running uh, Android four point three, hundred ninety nine dollar uh, hundred ninety nine dollar phone. Can't argue with the price, can you? It's less than a watch. Well, it, I mean, it makes it very affordable for anyone when yeah. you've got a smartphone at that sort of price. Of course, yeah, we're very close to the point where you won't be able to buy anything but a smartphone. Uh, you know, there there are still, I guess, a you know twenty dollar dumb phone that you can buy and a few other sort of in between options from, uh, I think, mostly from uh, Nokia. And this, the isn't smartphone. A, this isn't a phone I would give to someone who's not a little tech savvy. It's a, it requires a bit of work on the on behalf of the owner to. You know, to get the value out of this phone, um, but it's nice, and it's it's my word, it's a lot nicer than the you know the first Androids that came around what three years ago, which were pretty much the same functionality as this. The, yeah, I mean the early Android low end ones were uh, were a pretty frustrating experience. Pretty now, horrible, Paul. They were pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're not a big uh, a big Android fan, Bill. Um, now, I mean, I've used this one as well. I've spent a bit of time playing around with it. What I found was there is still a responsiveness issue with these lower end uh, Android handsets. When I compare it to a Windows phone at a similar uh, price point. Um, you know, my my comment is that someone with uh, certainly, if they've used any sort of higher end phone, uh, will notice that it's not you know it's not as responsive as a higher end phone. Whereas the Windows Phone experience, I think you know they've they've done a good job there of uh, of keeping that consistency from the low end phones to the high end phones in terms of you know you're not feeling as though you're actually carrying a really cheap phone. If you've got a you know sub two hundred dollar Windows phone, I think the uh, I think the Windows phone brings two things to the equation that you're saying, Paul. Is that um, we, as I was saying to you before, we actually in terms of our developers that develop the operating system, um, they have to use the the lowest end phone that there is because it's obviously a lot easier to to scale up the platform than it is to uh, you know develop on the high end phones and then make them work on the small end. Um, so it's about that consistency across whatever handset that you have from from a Windows phone device, um, and I guess also Microsoft makes sure that every phone gets upgradable, which may or may not be true for the the low end Android devices in terms of the are you going to be orphaned? Are you going to be stuck on an older version of the operating system? Sure. So ha, ha, what is that commitment from Microsoft now? You buy a new device. I think there was some talk of a two-year commitment to to upgrade how, how does that actually work sort of you know in practice well i guess what we've said is that every single windows phone 8 device gets an upgrade to windows phone 8.1 um and you know windows phone 8.1 is going to have a couple of updates this calendar year as well so is there the potential that windows let's call it windows phone 9 i mean there's no future version obviously been announced 
but there's, there's a potential that that could be a big big enough change that doesn't guarantee every two hundred dollar phone gets gets an upgrade. Well, I'd be I'd be surprised if it doesn't if it doesn't work. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's that's, that's positive. Uh, okay. Now, before we jump into all the Microsoft excitement, uh, there was one other story that uh, that that broke today, and there has been a huge amount of Microsoft uh, news over the, la- the last week or so. So we will jump into that shortly. Uh, but Kim.com has sort of been uh, you know, overwhelming the, uh, the, the media in some regards uh, recently. Uh, but we heard reported uh, just just overnight uh, that the film industry have decided they're going to uh, they're going to take on Kim.com. Bill, what what's what's your uh, take on this? Why why have they waited? Uh, you know, so long. Why they you know why have they waited to this particular time uh, to you know to to announce this action? Or oh, who knows the answer to that? It's probably some sort of conspiracy theory that we could come out with about that. But there's, there, there, there may well be a good reason for for doing so. Um, much as though I think there's a there's a lot of merit in the case against Kim dot com. Because um, this is a copyright, uh, yeah. yeah the, the focus is about uh, bre- breach of, of copyright and distributing their material. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I just what, what I can't get my head around with this is that there are there were many many services which do pretty much the same thing as Mega Upload, and for some reason he's been singled out for treatment. I don't know why that would be. Well, he was apparently. I mean, Mega Upload was apparently the you know the biggest site of its. And, of and its, I guess he was kind. He was probably pushing Ag- the uh, arguably making money off it as yeah, well, right? Yeah, okay. well, he was making a, a, a lot of money off the. But there's rapid the share. Site. Rapid yeah. share is the same thing, um, and there are and there are others. Um, I, I do think he's been scapegoated a bit, but I don't. Th- I think that um, it's going to make for an interesting election, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we've never seen anything quite like this in politics before, have we? Somebody who's, who's you know, um, you know, wanted by <laughs> another government, wanted for extradition, uh, and uh, you know, is uh, um, yeah, head, heading up a, uh, a political party. It's uh, it's going to be a, a fascinating time to watch, and I, yeah, I wish I'll, it would just go away so that yeah. we could New Zealand could actually focus on the things that matter, uh, and not a German criminal. I, I I couldn't agree more. I wish it would go away. And the other thing is, is there's there's an element of train wreck in all this. It will end in tears. I mean, it already has ended in tears, but it will it will end in tears. It could go very na- it could get very nasty. Um, I, I I I'm with Nathan here. I would actually like this to go away. Because it, it's distracting us from things that are so much more important, particularly with the election coming up. I mean, you know, sure, things like there are there's some cases, some digital rights, and so on. But the the mainstream parties will talk about that as well. Um, we just don't need this distraction. We've got enough, you know, real work to do and get on with. All right. Well, um, that's enough on on any matter related to <laughs> politics for me for uh, uh, for one day. So um, t- time to move on now. Nathan, last week last week was Microsoft's Build Conference. This is you know really an event that's aimed at software developers. But in yep. terms of the announcements that we've heard in the lead up to uh, Build, uh, during Build, and even following Build, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of really big news 
from from Microsoft um, really relevant to a very broad broad audience. I mean, certainly not purely focused on developers, but yeah. obviously part of you know part of what they try and do at Build uh, is is to excite software it's, developers. I mean, it's certainly. And, a, and, I mean, it's, and to it's sell a, a Microsoft story, right? It's a developer conference, but I guess the way that I think about it, it's a it's really a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a rallying point to to show Microsoft developers what's happening in the underlying platform. And I think the other thing is it probably um, gives you a bit of an idea about the the transformation of Microsoft into this devices and services company. You know, as Bill was saying before about him running uh, you know, Office on his iPad, you know, that was the announcement that came out about a week before Build. That's right. Uh, you know, we've, we've had our third CEO in the space of 28 years. Uh, and, and I think it gives you a bit of an idea about the, the direction of the company and the transition away from just pure operating systems into applications and services and, you know, and devices. Yep. Now, okay, so we had, obviously there was the announcement around Office on iPad that's been available now for you know, a week or, week or two. Um, also, they've shown off a, a, a touch-friendly uh, office to run on on Windows tablets as well. Yeah, um, there's not a, a launch date confirmed for that. No, just yet? I, no. I guess we, you know, we've we announced that we're going to take Office onto the devices that people use, which are obviously the big three platforms. You know, Windows, uh, iPad, and uh, you know, and Android. And so it's already out for for iPad, obviously. And you know, we demoed the Windows uh, the Windows Touch version uh, at the Build conference as well. Um, I mean, at, at Build itself, it was really probably the most anticipated thing was the Windows Phone eight point one release. So, run, run us through sort of the the highlights there because Windows Phone hasn't had a significant update now for you know heading on to yeah well around eighteen months right. Yeah. So there's been a, a a little bit of a lag, you could say. The other guys have certainly been you know working hard. You know, Apple have sort of you know continuing to put. Uh, put out obviously new devices and and new things uh, into iOS. Android, you know, keeps evolving with these you know dot one uh, dot one updates. I guess it's uh, Paul. It's it's probably you know it's it's a dot one release from a marketing point of view to align you know Windows eight dot one and Windows Phone eight dot one. It's probably a bit more of a dot one release when you look at all of the underlying platform changes and not just the you know not just the the kind of end user features and. I guess we're focused on kind of two things um, to, to kind of make the Windows Phone smartphone even more personal uh, and to actually deliver some meaningful innovation that you know that actually matters to people um, so you know in the US we we demoed Cortana which is the new digital personal assistant probably one of the best Microsoft product names I've heard in you know 10 years yeah now, now we were we were playing around with that on um, on your uh, what's that a Lumia 925 you've got there yeah so I've yep. got I've got 8.1 here running on a, on a you know on a couple of devices and look um, you know well, why don't you give us a demo why don't you fire it up put your American accent on because we know that Cortana um, is initially you know, targeting the US uh, the US market so it's not going to be a feature that we're you know that we're seeing here uh, in New Zealand at launch because of different accents and whatever the other you know reasons are in terms of some of the the local content but uh, can you give us a demo of a couple of those features just sort of speak into the the phone and uh, we'll we'll listen back for the uh, for the answer open the pod bay doors hold it up to the mic I'm sorry Dave I'm afraid I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> Set an alarm. 
time should I set the alarm? Five o'clock. Sure thing. Your 5 a.m. alarm is now on. So... Like I said, you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I'm an Android and an iPhone user. I use both Siri and Google now on, the, on those devices. And the thing that kind of stands out about this to me is um, it's probably quite a bit more personable than those, than those services in terms of, you know, it does the same things as Google now in terms of learning where you go and learning what, you know, gym and where you live and where, you, you know, where your home is and reading through your email to... Yeah, and you can and turn that on and off. You can turn the, you can turn the, you can turn all that stuff on and off. And it's uh, it's about kind of using some of the power that we've got inside the Bing search engine, and, and bringing that down onto the the device. And if you watch some of the build keynotes, you know they they talk about how they designed the feature in terms of actually talking to some some real world personal assistants in terms of the way that it it actually has like a notebook built into Cortana where it will you know where you can track things that matter to you and you can just use you know. Know, natural natural language you know remind me when I get to the supermarket to buy some milk um, things like that and when you go to the supermarket it, it will automatically you know remind you when you you know when your car drives nearby Th- things like that that are actually pretty cool but like I said at the start you know it's not avail- it's not going to be available in New Zealand on day one because of the the New Zealand accent or lack thereof and uh, you know and some of the bing you know, and some of the Bing stuff, but it's you know it's going to come. Um, what are the, what are the other things in Windows Phone eight point one? Yeah, that so are, that, you know that people that maybe have sort of stood back and said, uh, yeah, I'm not quite so sure about Windows yep. Windows Phone so to, to brand, date. Brand new uh, brand new start screen. So we've taken the same start screen that we had on the over the five inch devices. So the phablets like the Lumia thirteen twenty and fifteen twenty. Um, so you can basically have now a third row of tiles. So it just basically means you can get more live tiles on your screen, even on the you know the most lowest end Phone 8 devices like a say like a Lumia 620, which has got the smallest Windows Phone screen size. You can still have the still have the three rows three rows of tiles, uh, and and one of the big bugbears is is now that when you do a backup on the phone, the hot everything gets backed up. So including the, your start screen and the way that things are laid out. So when you're up. Uh, Bill, when you're upgrading from your 920 to a to a 930 or to a 630, you'll never have to go through that thing again of having to relay out your start screen. All of that is just automatically gets backed up into your OneDrive. There's some data that doesn't get backed up, isn't there? In terms of you know uh, data related to individual apps and you know your photos, you've got to set those. You know, separately, so that as you take them, they get pushed up into your SkyDrive and so on. But that, that's, uh, uh, that's Sky a different SkyDrive, OneDrive. But some of those things actually make some some sense, don't they? To sort of yep. break break those out. I guess if you compare, if we were to compare the sort of the backups across iOS, Android, and Windows Phone, iOS takes sort of a full snapshot of your whole phone. So if you've got you know, a full 64 gig phone. You got it filled up with photos and music and everything else. Those have all got to be backed up. Whereas Windows Phone takes the approach of, well, you back those photos up automatically anyway, so it can leave those aside. Yeah. Um, but there are a few other bits of you know, app data and so on that aren't aren't included in the backup. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't back up the app data. I mean, to me as a user, you know, I've been on the beta of this for a while, and so I've been upgrading every few days. And I, me, me as a user, it just takes all that pain away about 
putting in my email accounts, getting my photos, my you know my music comes out of Xbox Music, so all that comes back down. It's 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 about just making that process seamless. So I guess as apps move to linking up to cloud-based accounts and so on, these things become less of an issue anyway because yep. they yeah. they they you know they store things in the cloud. So you know when I uh, you know log into a newsreader or those those types of apps, yeah, um, there isn't really any local data on the phone anyway. That's the thing, is every, yeah. you know, everything's moving onto the cloud. Um, I, I guess some of the other things, we, we call these things, uh, we, we call these things delighters, and, and it's kind of really just rounding out the smartphone experience. <laughs> the and, uh, you know, things that I like are the, uh, are the action centre, which is basically a combined notification centre and, you know, and, uh, and quick action centre for anything to do with the phone. So you basically get four icons that you can customise to do things like you know VPN or internet sharing or Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and that's completely completely customizable, uh, and a notification center, and I and I personally think the notification center works better than than even Android 4.4, which I which I use every day, in terms of. Um, you know the, the the notifications sync backwards and forwards between the apps. When I click on the notifications, it takes it does it does like a deep link uh, into the app where that notification happened. Just to me as a user, it, it just feels you know really 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 polished. L- little things that have been a bugbear for me on Phone Eight for a while, like we now have a week view in the calendar. Um, yeah. and, and probably probably my favourite thing is we've got this feature called shape writing inside the Wordflow keyboard, which basically lets you um, you know use gestures on the keyboard rather than having to rather than having to hit letters. Like swipe. It's swipe, but it's better. It's much much better than swipe in terms of it learns what you you know it learns the the words that you're you're typing in. Um, if I just show you here, Bill, the quick brown fox. It's just really, really fast for. Uh, that is fast. We, we've actually just announced a couple of days ago that it's we've won the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest texting smartphone with that <laughs> with that shape writing, and you know you can actually you can seriously go really, really fast with it. I've got to so say, does that I, get, I've got to say, the keyboard is really good at type ahead. Anyway, I mean, um, most of the time it gets where I'm going with type ahead. Um. And, and and like yeah, like when you do things like words that have got an emoji, you see how it's got the emoji after the end of dog there. It's it's just a it's a really 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 nice experience. Um, yeah, I guess one other big thing that we've done is we've split out some of the operating system features into apps. So things like Xbox Music, Xbox Videos, um, even the calendar are now apps. So we can update those much, much faster than having to wait for a telco to approve an operating system update. And we've also done a whole bunch of you know under-the-cover under things which kind of power users care about. So things like data sense, Wi-Fi sense, storage sense, battery saver, so people can see what you know where their data is going, what the you know what what apps on the device are using battery. Um, we've got IE 11 on the on the device now. It syncs all your tabs back backwards and forwards between big windows and small windows. Right. We've got a, we've got a reading view inside the IE 11. And will that um, work if you've got multiple you've got multiple Windows devices, say an eight inch tablet, you know, yeah. uh, Windows phone, Absolutely. desktop PC? Just, you're going to see those same things as just, you move backwards and yep. forwards, sort of similar to to what Chrome does, sort of across Android and Windows and so on. Just works. Um, you know, universal apps now, so I can buy an app on my big Windows tablet, and I don't have to buy the app again on the Windows phone, uh, which was another one of the things that was announced at, at you know at at, uh, at Build. 
Um, and, and just little things like the theme colour on the device now syncs across big windows and small windows. And I guess then there's all of the kind of under the cover, what we call you know enterprise features, which really you know compete against iOS seven, you know Samsung Knox, and even the BlackBerry features. So that's things like email S MIME support, the Wi-Fi EAP TLS and EAP TTLS that's that's used Security inside things. business. Yep. All of those mobile device management things, which 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 we didn't have a great story to tell around Windows Phone eight. Um, and that's where we're getting a lot of great feedback about because you know you can go and buy a hundred and fifty or two hundred dollar Windows Phone eight, and and you know you get all of those enterprise features which only come in the high end, you know Galaxy or high end uh, you know iOS devices, and that's right. a pretty compelling proposition for a business that actually oh, you know, wants to go I mean, and I mean a business wanting to roll out phones for all their staff. Yeah, a two hundred dollar phone isn't really isn't really much of an issue. Uh, the other thing but is, you spend having to spend a thousand dollars plus. That's a bit more of a decision well, to go through, isn't it? Well, you're in Sydney. You've got some urgent piece of work that's got to be done. You could just walk down to a shop and pay two hundred dollars for a phone, and you're away. I mean, yeah. Now, and, I, and I think there's, you know, the last thing, Paul, is there's, uh, we're also really kind of setting up Phone 8.1 for later this year. I mean, uh, what I mean by that is Nokia announced four new devices at Build, uh, a 630, a 630 dual SIM, both of which are 3G, a 635, which is a 4G phone, and then their new uh, currently flagship 930. Um, which is still a little way off, isn't it, the 930? But the other devices... Uh, are due very soon and in fact I, I remember a little whisper a while ago suggesting uh, um, yeah, one of those will be arriving in, in New Zealand you know, very very soon um, you know, following the availability of, um, of Windows Phone 8.1 which is how far off until developers can start getting their hands on it so or, the, the, or those that jump through yeah, the, the developer, developer preview program which is you know free to get into you can just go and sign up for the Windows App Studio which gets you the free uh, the free developer license you'll be able to get that on Tuesday next week okay. um, and, and then you know, it rolls out once the you know, Telecom Vodafone 2 degrees kind of approve it on their, uh, on their networks to roll out to the to the you know onto their devices. Yeah, right. Um, so that I guess that's one area where Apple still has the advantages. When they release an update, it go it's available for all of their phones, you know, instantly worldwide. They don't seem to have any sort of holdups with carriers. It seems only they've got the power over the carriers to to achieve that. Every, everyone else, there seems to now. be an approval <laughs> process. I mean, we look at Android yeah. updates, we look at Windows Phone updates. Uh, you know there is there is a lag between the, that. I don't know, know whether that's all the carriers. I'm sure it's the, it's, the lag is getting. Of, you know the lag is getting less and less and less. Like if you look at Windows Phone 8 with GDR3, um, the, the, you know it came. It even came out here in New Zealand GDR3 before some of the largest carriers in the US, like you know like ATT. So, but so not I across think, all, not on every single phone though, right? I think the Samsung eight of from you know two degrees or something is a bit slower. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess sort of you know, look look at it. You know, Apple have got two phones, and they've got a massive market share. So, so in some ways, they can you know they can tell the carriers what to do rather than the other way around. Sure, fair enough. And uh, but but there is that 
loophole that you can jump through and yep. download the developer yep. uh, version to get that that latest update. Is that going to work across everything from the you know hundred ninety nine dollar phones that are on the market now? Every sort of up every, every Windows single 8? Windows Phone eight can get that Windows Phone eight point one upgrade. So whether it's uh, an HTC eight X, whether it's a Lumia five twenty, whether it's the Samsung eight uh, S, every single one of them gets it. Right, and, and I guess you know you're even going to see some other when, when when you look at some of the features that got announced inside eight point one uh, at the um, you know at, at at build, it's kind of setting up for some other interesting announcements later on in the year in terms of in terms of things like USB three. In terms of things like the Bluetooth Low Energy, which we haven't had in Phone Eight, you think about your your yeah. Fitbit device and stuff like that mm, mm. that have never worked. You know they they now can can work, and also Miracast, which lets you just wirelessly display anything on the uh, on the phone. Yeah, I see. I a, see that on on this handset here now. That's either going to require some you know updated sort of firmware or new devices, isn't it? It's not um, going to be available across all the existing phones that are yeah it that requires are in, some, in the market, it requires right? some chipsets. Um, I mean the way that I, I mean I use that feature and just you know plug plug in over USB into my laptop and then I can display what I've got on my uh, you know, on the phone onto you know onto a projector and stuff. So through your so how does that work with the USB? So you can plug a you plugging USB micro USB into your phone. Oh, so I've got an app on my PC which lets me display the phone. Oh, okay. So okay. I guess what I'm saying is for you know for future 8.1 devices, it's going to have that Miracast support in, so yeah, I can right. just connect up to my Samsung or my you know Panasonic smart TV and just or, or to my projector yep. and just project anything I've got on my phone um, onto the you know onto the dev- onto the. Uh, TV, yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that, that, that's good. And I mean, I guess what we're seeing is we're seeing some of those features that have been in Windows eight point one, the full version, are really starting to slide across into the phone now, aren't they? And and uh, is that effectively what's happened? You know, code that's been written for full Windows now is actually ending up in the phone. They're well, not yeah, I mean, we redoing may... everything from scratch, are they? They're we, able to pull you know, the, the same code across. Redoing from scratch is when we jumped from Phone 7 to Phone 8, which was why Phone 7 couldn't upgrade to Phone 8, because Phone 7 was still based on Windows CE. Phone 8's based on the NT kernel, so we've taken all of that all of that kind of goodness that's been around in the NT kernel and and you know runs on runs on runs on phone eight. So there's a you know there's a lot of shared code. I mean, you know, i eleven is effectively the same product across all those different uh, you know across big windows and small windows. I guess also you know we've actually merged the Windows Phone and Windows Teams together. Um, right. And I guess also, you know, the the Windows team themselves are learning some of the stuff from Windows Phone. You know, one of the th- one of the other things that we announced at at Build was that um, we've basically we're basically giving away a win- the Windows license for anything less than a nine inch screen. So Windows tablets, Windows Phone, there's actually no cost now from a licensing point of view for the OEMs to actually buy that. Right. And and with the eight dot one update for big Windows that came out. We've also reduced the the um, you know to lower the cost of devices. We've shrunken the footprint of big windows down to a gig of RAM and sixteen gigs of disk footprint. Yep. So so, you, so when you think about those you know those eight inch tab, windows tablets you've got over there, the Dell Venue Pro Eight and the Toshiba Encore, we're going to see those devices available even cheaper now that still run you know big. Big right, and, and it was um, in, Intel that made the announcement uh, yeah, late, late last year. I think um, you know, it was certainly talked about at IDF was this concept of uh, you know an Intel-based tablet with an you know, Atom processor in it. 
that would be at the US $99 price point. And, you know, that was followed up by, oh, if it's running Android. But the comment now from Intel is that actually that $99 price point could be a Windows or an Android device. And well, I, I think, think they, you know, last week they were showing off a basically a device that could that could run either. And uh, that's kind of the world that, uh, that we're going into. Whereas, I guess, six months ago, there was a big price difference yeah. between a Windows tablet and a, and an Android tablet of of similar sort of. Specs. Well, I mean, even in the even in the US, you know, over Christmas we saw the likes of the Dell Venue Pro Eight on sale for one ninety nine US dollars. So that's a you know that's a pretty low cost for a full for a full Windows uh, device. Sure, and there's I mean, it looks like there's a um, uh, yeah a lot of other features sort of sitting in there in Windows Phone uh, yeah eight point one now. That are reason, but they're reasonably accessible and easy to get to. It's not a matter of a whole pile of third-party, you know, apps to use them. Um, yeah, you know, I was just looking at the quiet hours thing where you can, you know, set set your phone up so that you don't get you know, bothered at, at, at personal yeah, that, times. I've wanted that for ages. The, the, the thing, I mean, the thing that I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, there's a reason why Android is is so popular, and I spe- and I guess I guess especially popular amongst your tech uh, your tech audiences because they like fiddling with stuff. They yeah. like something it's powerful and complex and that, and that's cool if uh, if you want that but if you're if you if you're just a user that just wants a thing to work and be productive and uh, and be personable and have fun with a smartphone then it's a pretty great choice mm. um, yeah i mean this looks really neat it's not you know it's not just that it turns everything off yeah you know, you've you've got this inner circle who can uh, um, you know, you can allow them to get through to be, and to break know, through various other um, yeah, bits and, and pieces. And, and things like if they ring twice within a couple of minutes, it automatically breaks through because it, it it must be something important. Yeah, yeah no, I, I um, yeah, I'm quite impressed sort of look, looking looking through at uh, at some of the features and and you know, there's obviously been a fair bit of media what, around it. Uh, one of the other know, little, last week, or one two. of the other cool little ones that I like, Paul, is, is Wi-Fi Sense. Now, um, imagine you're in the Coral Lounges where I, I've been a little bit over the last few months. You're having to continually put your username and password in, and and um, you know, put in Coro club and then the, the yep, name I of the had, city had, for whatever it is. last week, yeah, and it just keeps asking you, yeah. right? so the cool thing in this now is you can plug it in once and, and whenever that uh, Wi-Fi Pop capture portal sort of thing. pops yeah. up, it automatically sticks it in. Uh, another, cool th- another cool thing you can do is if you came around to my house, Paul, and we were, and we were friends on Facebook, um, I can allow you to connect to my... I can basically share my Wi-Fi password with you through a back channel uh, without actually having to tell you what the password is. If we're friends on Facebook and I allow you to connect, yep. my device can actually transmit my SSID Wi-Fi password to you uh, over a back channel if you had a Windows phone. So it doesn't reshare through your phone. No. It no. actually does. It passes. It, it passes puts my Wi-Fi password into your Windows Phone 8.1 device without me having to type in my crazy 26-digit unbreakable password. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to give that a try at some stage. Um, and, and I mean, another really cool thing is now we've got dual SIM support. Um, and again, I actually think this is a, a... And so, you know, probably a lot of people don't necessarily use dual SIM. It's oh. pretty popular uh, in the emerging markets and, and the likes of India. Personally, I really love the idea of using dual SIM when I travel overseas because I can leave my New Zealand SIM in there and still get my New Zealand SMSs when I need to, and then I can put my, you know, my low-cost uh, local carriers SIM uh, in there. 
Yeah, I think it's great. It, it tends to be, as you say, it's been focused on the emerging market. So I've never really seen any high-end phones that have that feature. And I guess my pick is that we probably won't anytime soon. Even you know, Windows Phone, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be in the, the you know the, the lower-end phones that uh, that do that. But I, th- I think it's quite interesting, and uh, you know, certainly. Uh, yeah, I've come across quite a few people locally that, as well as having their work issued, you know, some they've got a personal SIM card as well yeah. for for whatever reason. So, I mean, I, it's certainly nice to have that option. I like to spend time carrying two phones for that reason. Um, but it doesn't help with those of us that like to carry, you know, one phone of every operating system, etc. Uh, there's no magic wallet that you can put all your phones into, and they uh, shrink down to a quarter of the size. <laughs> Yet. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there, there definitely seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff in here. Now, in terms of that, the um, the apps, Nathan, we're still um, there's you know there's there's still some things that people complain about that aren't on uh, Windows Phone yet. What uh, you know? What are your comments around uh, you know what was what, what was what's been called the app gap? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you've always got that. I mean, I guess, you know, Windows Phone is the third major ecosystem now. I mean, you're always going to have that long tail of, of of apps that, you know, when you're, if you're a developer, you're going to look at the market share, you're going to look at the opportunity. Um, I, and I guess, you know, what we see is the tipping point for when developers kind of stand up and take notice is when we get to about 10%, which is where we are now. And if you look at the announcements that build, uh, we now share almost 90% of the APIs between Windows and Windows Phone, whereas in Windows and Windows Phone 8.1, whereas in Windows Phone 8, that was about 30%. So me as a developer, I can code that app you know once. I can do a little bit of extra work to take take into account the small screen sizes of phone of a phone 8.1, um, and you know I, I can now put a universal app into the store that runs across big Windows and onto Windows Phone. We're trying to do all those things to lower the barriers for developers to... I, I think that whole thing about the app gap is massively overstated. Though. I mean, there's, there's still more apps than you can ever use on each phone operating system. And there are there's a few, there's a few essential apps missing from Windows Phone, but there's nothing really... I mean, even I mean, even in the last you know, even in the last six months, you've seen a big uh, yep. you know, we've got Vine, Tumblr, you know, a lot of those apps that we didn't you know, and Instagram, yeah. a lot of those apps that we've been talking about you know, needing for a while are now are either here or coming soon. I mean, I'm like you guys, I, I, I keep a, I keep one of each phone most of the time, and um, there's nothing that I'm missing on the Windows phone. Yeah, and I guess you know one other little thing. You know, for for the apps that I don't have on my Windows Phone, the i eleven and the browser on that now, it actually lets you pin and it's a live tile of the web app uh, onto the device. So there's a few you know news pages that I use that don't have an app. I can pin that ie onto the live tile onto the tile screen, and it actually updates automatically. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, also, just looking at the uh, the new podcast app, which 
takes a really different approach to any of the other podcast apps in the market. Um, this is a Bing app, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's actually it's using the search engine. And, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever done this. So instead of all the uh, podcasts having to be sort of manually submitted into their directory, I've just done some search and uh, made sure uh, Nathan subscribed to a couple <laughs> of our podcasts that, he, that he, he wasn't listening to the New Zealand Entertainment Podcast before. He told me he hadn't had a chance to listen in. So I've just subscribed him uh, to, to, to that one so he can enjoy that on his, uh, on his way home this evening um, but yeah it was interesting as I was doing the search I can see that um, yeah, podcasters are maybe in some cases going to have to make some uh, you know some changes just to get discovered but it looks as though that will be fairly simple and it certainly came up with the NZ Tech podcast without uh, too much drama but podcasts that we've uh, produced like the NZ Business podcast we've submitted that through to Microsoft in the past um, yeah didn't come up in the same way here you know it's throwing away that old uh, database and it's just using anything it can find on the web that uh, reveals itself as a podcast. So it, it looks it looks very good, um, and certainly solves a bit of a bugbear I've had with uh, with Windows Phone and podcast because that wasn't uh, they weren't properly supported really outside of the US. Uh, so this is uh, it's an, another little another little area they've they've addressed and. Um, you know, Apple do very well with their podcasts, um, but I, I think this is actually quite a, quite an innovative approach in terms of how to uh, how to handle them. Microsoft's been on something of a roll since the um, since the new boss joined. Um, is it going to carry on like this? Do you think, or is, there, is this pent up? I, I think uh, you know we, we've the, the you know the, the the new leader. He really is saying a lot of interesting things internally. You know, we, we've talked about this kind of cloud first, mobile first company. We've we've talked about kind of you know unshackling the reliance on the likes uh, of Windows and going to where the users are. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, particularly, say, in the tablet space, of having a, a real startup mentality of, of, of doing some kind of growth hacker things. To you know, The way I look at it, Bill, is, is that we're, um, we're kind of getting our sexy back. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing and announcing, and in particular, the, the thing I always come back to is, is what I like in the devices space is that is that concept of a two in one, a hybrid device, a device that you know spans the things I do in my work life and the things I do in my personal life. You know, all of that converged into one device rather than me carrying around a you know an iPad and a you know and a laptop. And I think you're going to you're going to see other interesting announcements from us this year around uh, both both us in terms of first party hardware like uh, like Surface, but also third party stuff. We've got the Nokia announce. Uh, we've got the Nokia stuff closing mm-hmm. uh, later in this year. So what happens but- with that when when Nokia becomes part of Microsoft? You know this uh, the Nokia Lumia. Let's say it's the nine thirty. Are you carrying across that brand name? My understanding was that the, the Nokia names actually, or Nokia, depending on which camp your pronunciation you use, um, that Nokia name's going to disappear and it's going to become a something else. I don't think it's. I think it's fair to say that none of those decisions have been have been you know, announced or you know or talked about yet. Um, it, it's. I think what you're going to see is it's going to be. It's just going to carry on like it is. I think as part of the agreement, we're allowed to use the the, the Nokia name for for a certain number of years. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's five years. I, I, I think you know they, what they bring to the table is a huge amount of uh, factory uh, operations, logistics, supply chain, relationships with the mobile operators, uh, and also just you know look at the stuff that they're doing with meaningful innovate, meaningful innovation like the uh, like the camera work, the imaging, the the hair mapping. You know, that's actually one of the other 8.1 announcements is that every every uh, phone 8.1 gets here you know here drive and here mapping available for 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 for, for free including the New Zealand market because they yeah, hadn't covered and, and, the New Zealand market you know, and past. also onto the Samsung and HTC Windows phone 8.1 devices mm, as well mm, mm. Um, so I think you I think you're going to see those things carry on the work that we're we're doing with with Nokia yeah so the, this is part of the the you know the new Microsoft, which is you know devices and and, and services. Um, there must be a lot more devices coming along. I mean, we've got you know surfaces here, and uh, you know we were looking at the uh, uh, what's the new type cover called with the battery in it? The power cover. The power cover. Um, before we're having a, having a look at that, um, we've got to expect there's a, you know maybe a smaller surface coming along, four G. What I mean, what sort of announcements are are likely, or you've got to, you know, can you talk anything about what what's what what's likely yeah, the, the, to come from you and other vendors over the next? I mean, I, th- I think the, the only thing that I can say about Surface Pool is is what's already been disclosed is in that that uh, you know we are committed to Surface, the Surface family. The Surface family is going to grow into other styles of devices bigger smaller other form factors bigger screens smaller screens you know bill was talking about before about the you know the display uh the display size you know on his ipad versus the 16.9 on the on on the surface you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of other surface announcements and surface uh, family devices you know come out even you know even this year um, and when you you know when you look at what the when you look at the the the, the you know the the roadmap for you know chips Intel are going to be announcing you know two new chips later in this year the replacement for the Bay Trail the Atom range which that they call the Cherry Trail the replacement for the the current Haswell Core i5 uh, which they're going to call the you know the Broadwell and obviously there'll be a range of new devices that you know that come out around 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 those time frames I, you know you probably hear marks of people or the the Satya the CEO talk about you know high value activities and I, and I personally think that one of the things that gets really undersold uh, you know is the stylus uh, on Windows 8, the the digitizer, the electronic signatures, the handwriting recognition, and, and I also think uh, you know you still think about today all the complexities of going into a meeting, organizing a meeting, taking a meeting, sharing meeting notes, uh, you know, taking a photo of the whiteboard. Th- those are all things that we can innovate on, both from the kind of the software and the hardware point of view, and. And I mean, I just look at the something like a Surface, and I and don't get me wrong, I love all of the OEMs. I, I look after all of the different kind of OEM tablets, but um, you know, look at the space today of when you go out and look at uh, you know a, a high-end Windows tablet Core i5. You know, Surface really does still set the standard in terms of a you know a beautiful piece of hardware that's kind of hardware software integrated. And, and sure, you know there are there's going to be some nice devices come out from HP and, and Lenovo and Dell, you know, pretty soon. But I, I, I do kind of find it pretty interesting that here we are today, 
um, you know, 18 months on or probably even a little bit longer from the Windows 8 launch. And, you know, that design of the Surface hardware, the kickstand, the quality of the device um, still is stands out as a, as a pretty unique device in that kind of, you know, PC space. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think yeah, Microsoft is producing some good kit. Uh, you know, it's still a, a challenge, I think, that, you know, the, the default, uh, um, you know, tablet for a lot of people is, is still iPad and, you know, typical consumer or business person, you know, doesn't really think of a Microsoft product uh, in that space as the first sort of product that com- comes to mind at this stage. So there's there's certainly a fair bit of work to do there. Now, around window, Windows 8, which, you know, I think there, there's a pretty big audience that, uh, you know, isn't, hasn't been particularly enamoured by it. Now, whether they've used it or not, um, the start menu is coming back. What's your What's your thought on that, Bill? Is that Is that an important uh, uh, thing, or is that a, a, a tick in the box uh, for for those that are um, you know that are sticking with Windows I, Seven? Yeah, I've got two minds about that. On the one hand, I think that well, yeah, Microsoft's giving the people what they want. I mean, they may be ignorant peasants who don't really know what is good for them, but you know, <laughs> Microsoft's given it for them. And 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 the fact that Microsoft has finally listened and has done that is a good thing on the other hand you know you really don't need that start button um windows 8 works perfectly well without it for a while when i first switched to windows 8 i thought you know maybe the start button was a good idea went back to 7 for a bit and thought no stuff it it's the, the design was done reasonably well it worked okay so i don't know i mean i i'm in two minds about that i think though that the, you know the great unwashed are probably going to be happier they people don't like change really mm. the windows 8.1 update that's you know just coming out now just becoming available um i think you know does do some good things for those that are using windows you know yeah. 8, 8, 8.1 uh with a keyboard and mouse and you it, know the it, future it really um it really you know bridges the gap to people that don't have touch that are still mouse and keyboard you know, it puts a, a power button and a search button back onto the start screen. And when you right-click on a live tile now, it kind of brings up a, a Win32 dialog view that lets you interact with the live tile and resize and, and turn off stuff rather, right-click rather than coming up along the, yeah. the app bar. The way, the way I think about it, Bill, is, look, if, if users need that visual crutch to, yeah. to remind them about how things used to be, or it's a bit like taking away someone's warm blanket, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if that's what they need to let them focus <laughs> on the, all the goodness that's inside Windows 8, uh, I mean, what personally what I see is most users... Um, you know they're, they're launching their apps from the taskbar or from the desktop. Uh, you know I, I personally don't see a huge amount of value in hunting and picking through a flyout hierarchical menu looking for something when I can go into the start button or the start menu and just type the first few words. But but look if if that's what people want. Um, but it's the same thing as people are not wanting to let, let go with a, a, XP. It's the same thing. It's just a conservatism about this. Um, and it's funny because people love new stuff, but they don't like you know being challenged with it. Which does bring us to an interesting point, just as we're about to finish up. But Windows XP officially uh, officially over today, isn't it? End of support today, yes, April the eighth. Um, and I guess we'll have the very last lot of publicly available security updates come out for Windows XP tomorrow morning in New Zealand on Wednesday. But pat- still, pat- we've Tuesday. got uh, what a couple of hundred 
couple of hundred thousand or so uh, users in New Zealand, apparently. Well, I think some of those may not be um, real users. They may be virtual machines and things. I mean, I would say that a good a good number of those will be virtual. Wouldn't you say that, Nate? Yeah, I mean, I mean, all sorts. You know, yeah. we we were talking before about uh, you know kiosks and yeah. uh, display machines and and look, it's. Uh, you know, it's a 13-year-old operating system. It's not easy to upgrade every single Windows XP machine that that you know that that's that's out there. I mean, from our point of view, it's uh, it's just difficult to support. Uh, you know, create security patches for a 13-year-old operating system. It's you know the security threats are pretty are pretty different today than what we see you know 13 years ago. And, and let's face it, there's people that still run a meager operating system for heaven's sake. You know. It's now, what about? I think it's the uh, British and the French governments have uh, shelled out a few million to get some extended support. Is that available in New Zealand to those with uh, deep enough pockets? Well, the uh, that's a thing called a custom support agreement, and, and yeah, I mean that's open to anyone that that wants to uh, you know that chooses to purchase a custom support agreement. They they, they can. I mean, probably uh, you know those guys have probably looked at the you know, and, and I guess it's not like this thing has just happened, right? We've started announcing to people you know five or six years ago that Windows XP was gonna was gonna go uh, end of life um, I, I don't know I don't understand you know the exact scenario behind why those customers aren't able to move but you know there could be some good reasons they could have some specialized hardware uh, there, there's all you know there's all sorts of all sorts of reasons why that might be all right, and uh, one other gadget which we we don't have time for this week um, that we will dive into next week is uh, uh, a new set top box, uh, Amazon Fire TV, ninety nine dollar product from Amazon, uh, w- which looks pretty interesting with its voice control and so on. So uh, next week we'll have one of those here, and we'll be playing around with it, and uh, we'll include that on uh, um, the next episode. So that's us, really. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Now, um, where do we catch you online? First up, Bill. Best to find me on uh, Bill Bennett NZ on Twitter and BillBennett.co.nz on the blog. Excellent. And I'm also on Twitter. Nathan M is my Twitter handle. Excellent. Thank you. And you can track me down, Paul Spain, on uh Twitter and uh, and the other various social networks and uh, NZ Tech Podcast of course is on Twitter and uh, and, and Facebook as well uh, so feel free to track us down there um, but yeah thanks everyone for listening in we'll catch you on the next episode see ya <laughs>